Hello, everybody. I am Jenny Olson-Payton. I'm Dia Kaplan. And we are on episode 12 of yes. season two. So that means that we're almost done with season two. We are. We're going to take a little break during the holidays, and then we're going to start up next year. Which sounds so weird. It is really right. weird. With a two-parter with um, a two-parter crossover with our friend Aaron Potter. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we get to eat, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, somebody did mention that we should cover a murderer that, like, uh, maybe like Jake, what was it? It was a Jake Matheny. Went to school with a Jake Matheny. No. Are you slandering somebody's name? I am right not slandering because he was the sweetest guy ever. He was a great guy. I love you, Jake. Um, no, but there was a murderer that would like, like make hamburger out of his victims. I've heard that for several. There was a woman who did that too, just yeah. recently in Australia. Yeah. No, Matheny was the last name of okay. this guy. But um, we're not going to be covering that. We're going to be covering uh, Patty Pruitt, which is a passion piece of mine and um, became kind of a passion piece of Aaron's. And we're gonna we're gonna force and her. And I'm to just make... along for the ride. <laughs> She's along for the ride. Food. <laughs> yeah, we're feeding her. We're plying that's, her with burgers. That's most of my life. She's just gonna be sitting there munching. Probably. <laughs> that's awesome. My mantra is: Is there food? Okay, we're okay. good. We're good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so what do we got today? Well, today we are going to cover. Um, spoiler alert: He did it. So we're going to cover... So it's uh, not unsolved. It's not unsolved. Not paranormal. Not paranormal. We are so past that. It's spooky month is over. We're done, Jenny. No more. Well, I am grateful for the unsolved. Because uh, it's almost Thanksgiving. Yes. That's adorable. I know. And nobody's ever really solved, you know, what is the meaning of the season for well, Christmas. Thanks. Jesus is the reason for the season. You grew up in a... Parochial school. Have you not heard that? Yeah, no, I was actually going to go real dark on this real quick and be like, <laughs> speaking of supernatural. Oh my goodness. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, I've sinned. All right. And we've just lost all the Catholics. We have, we know we love our Catholics. I know, we do love Catholics. Um, So we're going to cover it. He's Arthur Shawcross, and he's known as the Genesee River Killer. He was known as the Rochester Strangler. He had several other names. But that's what I aspire to. I mean, like, I want to be such a big, like, short sale expert that I just have multiple names. Well, you can. I don't have a problem with that. I almost got an attitude with you real quick. Like, I got my... I want to be such a good serial killer that I know because I have an issue. What I was going to say is he has multiple names and I don't want to call him by any of those names because I feel like asshat just covers all of it. We'll call him asshat then. All right. Telling you that's been the theme of season two is asshats. Asshats. Asshats abound. Um, okay. So Arthur asshat Shawcross was born in 1945 in Maine. Okay. Um, he apparently, according to him, had a very tumultuous childhood, including a lot of sexual abuse coming from his mom and other close family members. Um, his family denies the claims, and it's hard to tell because he did. Yes. What? I'm just I'm just trying to picture a world in which family actually like. Yeah, I did it. Well, exactly, and that's kind of where you're at with him as far as. Well, the family, his mom's not going to sit there and be like, yeah, I totally did that to him. But on on the same page, he was a notorious liar, so he could have been lying about it. And um, they, now I forgot where he's going with that part. Um, notorious liar. <laughs> notorious liar. So he could have been lying about it. Yeah. Um, and his stories kept changing. So 
he wasn't consistent on what happened and when and all of that. Right. But you can also say, well, he was a child at the time, and he did hit the McDonald triad. So he had bedwetting arson and cruelty to animals, including bestiality. And I'm not going to go into that at all. Thank except you. for he liked chickens a lot. Like a little too much. It's not it's not right, but chickens. I don't know why chickens. Anyway, um so he had so whether or not he had a traumatic childhood in that way, he did have something that triggered something. Triggered that triad. Yeah. Yes. Um he did get hit in the head a lot. Like remarkably a lot. Like four or five instances growing up before his teens, he was somehow hit in the head with something at some point, and then a couple times when he was older. So we could also be. Um, later, they said that there was a cyst on his frontal lobe, and he had some brain damage. So that also could come into play. There was a kid when I was in elementary school. I always wonder about him. He ran in front of those damn gliders. When they were going, you yes. know those gliders that you pulled. You remember those like metal death traps? Yes, yeah. At yeah. recess, whacked him good. I remember oh, no. his teacher, like the teacher, had to hold his head together. It was awful. <sighs> and I always wonder, stuff like that can oh, be yeah. an issue. So not to excuse anything that he's done, no. but um, he has it's hard to rough. tell yeah. what what happened and why. Nature versus nurture versus a bunch of hits in the head. Yeah. Um, he dropped out of school in 1960. By the time he was 15, he was already done. Yeah. Um, he was shown to have a low IQ, and so it just wasn't for him. He got married and divorced the first time there were um, claims of spousal abuse. He was drafted to serve in Vietnam in 1967. This will come back around. He was discharged. He remarried again, divorced again, same claim, spousal abuse. He started committing arson and burglary in 1968. He was sentenced to five years in Attica for that. So after this... Attica! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. How do you do that? Attica will come back again. Okay. After no, just no. 22 months, he was granted early release, partly because he rescued a corrections officer during a riot. So they he might just really like the guy. I mean, he might have, but they were like, you know, he did such a good job on this. That's fine. He hasn't even served half this time. Let's let's be done. So he was released in October 1971 and remarried next year. So then, in spring of 1972, so six months after his release, he took a ten-year-old boy named Jack Owen Blake fishing. And Jack was never heard from again. He took him fishing, or his last name was fishing. His name, his last name was Blake. Oh, I get, I get it. <laughs> okay. His name was Jack Owen Blake, and, and he took, took him fishing. Him fishing. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that clarification. Who's on first? Yes. Um. So Jack was never heard from again. Okay. But his body was found in September, and the mother had said, "Well, this guy, Arthur Asat." was seen with him, I think something happened, and the police didn't take it serious. You know, and that just amazes me. I mean, like, you know, it's kind of like people that allow, I, I don't know, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm I'm really not anti-Catholic, but I mean, it's like, I don't understand, I mean, if, 
you don't have a good relationship with. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are certain people that I would let take my children mm-hmm. fishing. I would have a very good relationship with them if they yes. did. I mean, I think really the only person would have probably been our good friend Richard. Probably. Yes. That could have taken him fishing. But, like, yeah. if you just, like, meet somebody as, like, yeah, you can go fishing with him. Well, he lived there. He was a neighbor. And you also have to think that this is the early 1970s. So this was the time when you got sent out by your parents and they were like, don't come home till you know the that weird neighbor. Come on. <laughs> you go fishing with him. But uh, I understand. You know, I, I understand. Um, three days before his body was discovered, though, Shawcross raped and killed eight year old Karen Hill, who was visiting there with her mother. And neighbors saw him with Karen before she went missing and before her body was found. So that along with, then they just found Jack's body and he was the last person. Hopefully some red flags are going off. They were. Okay. Police actually were red very... Red flags were going off. Red alarms were going off. Red, red, red flags, flags were, were waving. Waved. Were waved. And alarm bells were going off. Bingo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Um... So, they were going to charge him with both, but what they have on uh, for Jack's murder was much less... It was just more circumstantial. There was nothing much to it. Right. So, they told him, hey, plead guilty to both, and we'll reduce your sentence. So, he pled guilty to first-degree manslaughter for both of the murders, and he was sentenced to... I'm feeling feisty today. Okay. Like... We I... haven't even gotten into it. Okay. I just, I don't understand the whole concept. I mean, this guy is like a child killer. And let's mm-hmm. just, just plead guilty. We'll cut some time off. It's all good. We'll get you out there closer. Well, because they couldn't, there was enough that they didn't think that they could get him for Jack's murder at all. Okay. It was a really weak case. So, manslaughter for both. He was sentenced to an indeterminate time for up to 25 years for both of those. So... In Attica, by the Attica. way. So then, 14 years in prison, and prison staff and social workers concluded that Shawcross was no longer dangerous and was a safe and contributing member of society. Okay. My guess. <laughs> yes. Call me crazy. There's probably not a lot of eight-year-olds running around being prison guards. No. Okay. So I, I would assume. Yeah. I don't know the statistics. <laughs> One in three eight-year-olds. Yes. <laughs> Going to the prison system. What career do eight-year-olds have? <laughs> I'm just like, look, this little kiddo. The kiddo that, like, gives the weird looks on TikTok. Yes. Just, like, walking around with his baton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I'm just, I'm thinking, there needs to be some logic here. There were no children and no chickens in jail. Therefore, let's release them back out where there's chickens and children. Mm-hmm. Alrighty then. Chickens and children. Well, psychiatrists had said that he was diagnosed as a schizoid psychopath, so they advised against it, which I don't necessarily oh agree with the schizoid part. I don't right. think that he... Um, I, I agree with the psychopath part. Um and I think that's probably where the lack of emotion yeah. comes into play. But anyway, it's schizoid or not, the psychopath part fits. He yeah. fits every requirement for that. But the social workers were like, mm-hmm. he's cool. It's been 14 years. 
It's cool. So he's released on parole in April of 1987. And my guess is less than three months. <laughs> You're close. Okay. But first, we, we got to tell you about how he adjusted to life on the outside because he had it so rough. Because everywhere he went, first of all, people didn't like him being released. So there's an uproar over that. Shocker. And then everywhere he went, the neighbors didn't want him there, and they threw a fit, and then he couldn't even... They're like, we have chickens and children! (laughs) We have all the things he likes! There's a KFC down the block! (laughs) There's a kitty corral down this way! (laughs) And that's where he wanted to be. Heck yeah! So, um... He he had a hard time adjusting to it because nobody wanted him there, and it was so hard. And he was trying to move with his girlfriend and his wife, and they couldn't find a place. His girlfriend and his wife. Well, he actually had several of those, but at this time, it she was his girlfriend, then she KFC, was his wife. Kitty Corral. <laughs> this is just a mess. Um, he also couldn't keep a job because employers either wouldn't hire him, or they wouldn't. Um, they wouldn't let him keep a job once they found out what, what he was there for. So he kind of like Jeffrey Dahmer being a butcher. Did, did he apply at churches? Did Popeyes have Popeyes on his resume? And they would have looked at him and been like, mm, you like chicken a little too much. That's exactly right. Um, so because they were having such a hard time finding somewhere to fit in, I'm like, you should have. You killed two children. Nobody wants to be around you. You yeah. can't complain about that. Yeah, that's that's not something you can rightfully complain about. Yeah, they're socially but, awkward, and then there's like, yeah, I've killed two children. It's time to yes, and, and I I'm sexually even, attracted to chickens. I didn't even go into the details because we're not going to be gruesome. But this man was incredibly gruesome in his killings. And in his mutilation of the bodies, both before and after the crimes. So we're not, as far as the mutilation and the assault of the bodies, he didn't just kill the children. It was bad. So, no, you don't get a right to complain. But authorities looked at him and they were like, you know what, you have a point. Why don't we go ahead and seal your records so that nobody can find out about this and we'll move you in somewhere that people will like you. So that's what they did and that's how he ended up in Rochester, New York. I'm assuming our tax dollars paid for that. I'm sure they did. Well, what year was this? This was 1987. I wasn't paying taxes yet, but I was alive. It counts. (laughs) So in March 1988, so you were wrong about the three months, but it was less than a year. Okay. He took his third victim, who was Dorothy Blackburn. She was a 27-year-old sex worker, and that's when he found sex workers were a really good mining field for his really disgusting habits. He strangled her, assaulted her, and left her body in the Genesee River, and that's where this starts, as far as the Genesee River killer part. In the summer of 1988, he killed Anna Marie Steffen. And then about a year later, he went on a spree from July until December, killing Dorothy Keeler, Patricia Ives, June Stott, Marie Welch, Francis Brown, Kimberly Logan, Elizabeth Gibson, Darlene Trippy, June Cicero, and Felicia Stevens. All of their names need to be said more than his. Mm-hmm. So, police didn't know that there was a serial killer at first because they were spread far enough apart. Okay. And um, they were sex workers. Sex workers. It's a risky um, profession anyway. What? Oh, dear. <laughs> if it walks like a chicken. <laughs> it's a chicken. That's all I can think of. No, no. There's no serial killer. No serial no killer. No serial killer. All these women just happened to die. Just, yeah. Oops. 
But he, um, it was far enough apart. They were around the Genesee River, but at the beginning they were spread kind of apart, and they I were different. I think the Genesee River is not large enough that you would be concerned if a bunch of bodies was turned up in there. Well, at first, okay. this is just at first, but then the public did get a hold of it, and the public started putting it together. The police started putting it together. <laughs> I'm having way too much fun with this one. <laughs> I this one's. You have to laugh at this one because it's just so frustrating. Because if they had done what they were supposed to do, these women like would the, not that's have like died. the theme of our entire podcast. It really is. Do what you're supposed to do. Just do what do you're your supposed job. to do. And I, there are some police officers that are, I mean, they're, I'd say 95% of the police officers are incredible individuals that do their job. But unfortunately, when you don't do your job, you end up on our podcast. Don't end up on our podcast. <sighs> okay. That's the, that's, that's our whole goal. It shouldn't take, you know, Joe Blow in public going, hmm, 10 sex workers ended up in a river. The same river. Do you think it's related? No. Do you think? No. I don't know. But, in all fairness, they did call in FBI profilers. Okay. Once they realized that this was big, something was going on, FBI profilers um, basically, of course, had him profiled to a T, including saying that um, they would, that well, they theorized that the killer would show back up to the bodies to relive the kill. Mm-hmm. So that was something police paid attention to as far as he'll probably keep showing up as well, not just um, after... Yeah. Not just to dispose of the bodies, but keep an eye out. He'll be there all times. Um, authorities started canvassing the area. Oh, dear. What? You're laughing again. Just picturing him with a big old bucket of chicken, just going back to the crime scene. No, he doesn't want a bucket of chicken. He wants the chicken. That's how I'm processing this, Dia. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you keep your bucket of chicken, then. You have to, if that's how you want to... <laughs> that's, how, that's how I'm going to picture it. Okay, all right. He really liked fried chicken, and that's what because, I was like, talking about. KFC. Yes, that was that was exactly what I meant when I said. And then that I'm going to get a letter. Cease and desist. Please remove KFC, Popeyes, and churches from your last podcast. <laughs> so we're going to talk. It's going to be like, and then he went to creep, and then he had some fried creep. KFC. <laughs> he did not have KFC. No, we can tell you that. it was it was somebody's like homemade. Sure. Yes. Sure. Not okay. KFC. Um, so back to back to the thing we were talking about. Um, authorities started talking with local sex workers to find out if they knew anything. They said that they knew someone that went by Mike or Mitch. He was kind of prone to violence and they knew that he had been seen last with some of these women. But Authorities couldn't find him, and we're going to come back around, circling back around to, they couldn't find him because his records were sealed. Mm -hmm. So when they went and looked, now this is before the sex offender registry had started, so they didn't have that at their disposal, but they did um, search for um, people who had similar crimes, but his didn't show up because his records were sealed because he had a hard time because people didn't like him. So they couldn't put it together. Their hands were tied on that. So on December 31st, 1989, they found jeans by the river with an ID card for Felicia Stevens. So they started an aerial search, um, figuring that she had to be there somewhere or her body. 
on January 2nd or 3rd in 1990, so depending on the source, um, a police helicopter spotted a man on a bridge near a woman's body. But instead of Felicia, it actually turned out to be June's, June Cicero's body. But it was okay because they saw him with the body, but they just thought maybe it was a coincidence. That's why he he marked it as a coincidence. Um, he also seemed to either be urinating or masturbating. We're going to go with urination. Okay, let's do that. And so, but the FBI was right about him returning to the scene because he hadn't just killed her. He right. was coming back to the body. Um, the man did get away, but again, depending on the source, they either followed the van or they got the tags and traced it back to him. And so at first he said, no, that's not me. Don't have anything to do with it. Like you said, it's a coincidence. Thank God, no, they started catching on. Good. Um, they did show his picture to the local sex workers and he was identified as the Mike Mitch guy. And they said... Mike Mitch fishing. Mike... Mike, Mike Mitch, Mitch, Mike Mitch, Mitch fishing. fishing. I can't even say it. And he was still like, no, not me. Until they said, okay, well, this is weird because your girlfriend, this is another girlfriend, by the way. Your girlfriend is wearing some of June's jewelry. And so now she's going down for the murders as well. And this is where, I guess, Shawcross steps up and is like, okay, no. Keep her out of this. It was actually me. And he even confessed to a couple of the murders that the police didn't know about yet. Yeah, he's a guy. He was a nice guy. He was just misunderstood. After four times, he finally got it right. He's going to protect his woman. Wait, are we on four? I don't know. I think he got married six times total. Oh, I can't him. remember. Um, so he did admit to killing them. He did admit to doing other horrible, awful things to their bodies. Um, there was just one that he would not admit to, no matter what. Even though it matched everything that he did, for whatever reason, that one he said no to. Um, but he did it all without feeling, without any emotion. Again, I take that more as a psychopathy as opposed to antisocial, but he was very matter-of-fact about it. Mm -hmm. But he had reasons why he had to do it. Like, they attacked him. Or they talked too much. Or um, they were going to try and rob him. So he had to. <clears throat> his hands were tied. So his defense attorneys tried to say that he was insane. He had a forensic psychiatrist say that he had brain damage, dissociative identity disorder, and PTSD. And the PTSD was left over from Vietnam. And because he was sexually abused as a child, which is... Mm, could be either way. Again, my sympathy runs out the second that you start killing. Yep. Um, this psychiatrist claimed that he became another personality named Bessie and blacked out when he committed these murders. And he suffered the PTSD from Vietnam, where according to him, he had 39 combat kills and would kill and cannibalize young Vietnamese children. But... Um, the government has said that they can't substantiate his claims and that he never actually even saw combat. So again, more of him lying could be, but also the cannibalization does fall into his pattern. So mm, who knows what actually happened over there. But a lot of people suffer from PTSD and still manage not to kill yeah. 11 people. And Let's not give any of our Vietnam veterans a bad name. No. 
No, you don't have any excuse to sit there and say that. So I want to kick this man in the shins. Yes. Oh, you're being much nicer, or you're being much meaner. I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna kick him in the shins. Fuck this guy. Yeah, and Diaz, Diaz's feeling feisty. I'm, I'm not. You're messing with veterans. Don't mess with little people. Don't mess with veterans. We're good. Our chickens are children. Well, I mean, our chickens That's a are given. children. That's yes. a given. I mean, you shouldn't. Yes, that should be obviously. Duh. Even goes without saying. Oh wow. Okay. So. um... Anyway, that's what the psychiatrist is saying. Like, just institutionalize him. Don't put him in prison because, obviously, he's had a very rough life. Oh, that Brock Turner. <sighs> yes. He's such a good guy. So, the jury was like, no, we hear what you're saying. We got you. It took them half an hour to deliberate before they said, guilty. And the judge sentenced him to 25 years for each count of murder, so 250 years total. I'm good with Because that. in one county he was charged for 10, he was charged in a different county for Elizabeth Gibson's murder, where he pled guilty on that. Apparently he learned and was like, I'm not even going to try. Uh, pled guilty, was sentenced to life on that. Um, so it was determined that he had that cyst pressing yep. on his head. So that's when they started finding out about that. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't care. Yep. And he's still in jail for a reason. And so that's fine if he has that, but he still needs to serve out his term in jail. 100%. Um, which they did. So yay on that. On November 10th, 2008, 63-year-old Shawcross complained of a pain in his leg. Oh, gosh darn it. He was taken to... I really am trying not to smile about this. He was taken to Albany Medical Center, where he went into cardiac arrest and died shortly thereafter. He was pronounced dead at 9.50 p.m. And that was the end of Arthur Shawcross. Okay. And the sad thing is, he has family. He has a son by his first wife that he gave up all rights to, but he has a daughter that was actually very involved in his life and wanted her children to be involved. So I feel sorry for the parties involved. Yeah. And so I don't want to be flippant about that, but at the same time, he's gone. We're done. That's it. So that's the story of Arthur Shawcross. So yeah, I'm. You know, there's there's a lot of unsolved mysteries that are much more satisfying than that one. I'm sorry. An unsolved mystery is not satisfying no matter what. But this one is satisfying. Look, they found. They, I guess. Yeah. They found the bodies. They have closure on it, and he's dead. Yeah. So there's no chance that he could get out. It seems like he... It's wrapped up in a nice little package. It is. And he kept getting out and getting out early. So at least he was put away and... And again, I'm just... I'm like... And you'll see why I'm so frustrated when we talk about Patty Pruitt. Oh, yes. But I don't get why some people get second and third chances... Mm-hmm. With things, and then there's people like that that don't. Yeah. Well, I can kind of understand when he first went in for burglary and arson. That's not a life sentence. You can mess up. You can do something yeah. wrong. I get it. He got out early. Okay. But then as soon as he went in, less than a year later, he's murdering two small children. Yeah. And you're going to say, you know, he's fine. 14 years later, he's fine. No. No. I'm sorry, no. 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 Not okay with that. You were right to be fired up about this one and be spicy. I'm being... 
Spicy chicken. <laughs> spicy chicken sandwich. From like, Chick-fil-A. We haven't talked about Chick-fil-A yet. Or canes. Raising canes. Let's Slim get chickens. all of them. Some chickens. <laughs> Let's see how many of them we can get. No publicity is bad publicity. Exactly. So that's our story about chickens and children. Don't fuck with either of them. World people are veterans. <laughs> no, old people are... I feel strongly about that. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Well, I, I match your energy with, with older people, the older generation of veterans, mm-hmm. with children and chickens. You do. All right. So we've got equal stances on both. Yeah. We are... We've got it covered. We are a spicy bucket of chicken between the two of us. <laughs> New merch. <laughs> Us holding drumsticks. Yes. In a bucket of chicken. Now, if somebody can draw. <laughs> we need. We need we some need, help. We need some help. So, so this week it's now we need a graphic designer. Yes. Like, subscribe. Share, follow. follow. Do all of this so that you we do can you. get a staff. Yeah. You do and you. And start getting some of this going. Yes, please. Because we need you in shirts saying that kind of podcast. Just another spicy bucket of chicken. That's exactly right. So, and quick note, because mm-hmm. um, if you listen to the podcast on any of our our platforms. channels, platforms, um, you didn't see the uh, screen that I put on for the YouTube video. Um, Piper Lewis was caught, mm-hmm. um, and she is, as of today, waiting charges for absconding. So, um, that's unfortunate. Hopefully, we'll continue to follow her case and keep you updated um, throughout. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully this will have a, a decent ending. That story will have a decent ending. Yeah. So um, that's all I got. A mixed bucket of chicken on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's only half spicy. It's yeah. like when the, the you don't get good breading. It's like oh, that's how yes. I feel about it. Or the breading falls off. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. she shouldn't have done what she did, but at the same time, I'm not. I'm not gonna hate on her for it. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. So. All right. Well, have a great week. We'll see you next week. And, um, yeah. Like, subscribe, follow. We need our graphic designer. Yes, please. See you later.